Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I am delighted to be joined by Liam Carrigan and also Jerry Taylor. We are here. Liam, you're representing Celtic Down Under. Um, last time you were on, I believe that uh, you were rocking a Superman top. Now it's Batman, and who's going to be next? Oh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I really, I probably really should do Green Lantern at some point just for the colour coordination, oh, shouldn't I? That would be nice. That would be nice. Talking about Superman and Batman, Kenny puts me in the mind of the, the Super Grand theme tune as sung by Billy Connolly. Who remembers that? Jerry, you remember that. I remember Super Grand, but I didn't know Billy Connolly sang the theme tune, did he? Oh, he did. He did. There's some great footage of him out there. <laughs> Uh, by the way, we're digressing far too soon in the show here. Another tough away fixture for Brendan Rodgers' men at Easter Road. Let's get stuck in about it, Jerry. Was I just cutting you off there? No, I'm just giggling the Super Grand theme tune now. Oh, yeah. I, I I'm it. just I'm impressed that we've, we've been talking about grannies for two minutes and nobody's mentioned Wayne Rooney. Well done, boys. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I was reading this morning, actually, um, young James was talking about Brendan Rodgers' um, record. Uh, at Easter Road, Liam, uh, you, you tend mm. to forget it wasn't a happy hunting ground for him first time round. Does that play any part at all in Brendan Rodgers' state of mind going into this game? I'm just kind of thinking it was a different lifetime ago. No, I mean, he's a different manager now. Celtic are a completely different team now. Um, you know, Easter Road isn't, isn't an easy place to go. Hibs are, Hibs are a decent team. And um, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know very much about this new manager they've got, but Jared rates him very highly. And, mm-hmm. you know, he knows his stuff when it comes to Australian football. So um, he says that this guy is going to get Hibs going the right way. And I don't think they can play as badly as they did last week, two weeks in a row. So we need to be careful. I think we do. And and you know this, we've had uh, the supercomputer thrown up a few things that are being questioned by Brendan. Fair play to Brendan Rogers. He's not taking any of the nonsense. Uh, he's taking it uh, full on um, head first. And he's talking about things like the fact um, that, uh, you know, the post-Christmas fixture isn't fair on Celtic fans, etc. But listen, we've stepped up to every single challenge, Jerry. We're going to Easter Road. It is another challenge to overcome um, and obviously, Brendan has um, named the replacement for Rio Atati in the midfield. Before we talk about it, we're going to bring in our fourth contributor of the day, all the way in from New Zealand. It's Ian Conroy. Ian, how are you? Hi, guys. How are you doing? Absolutely How's it going, buddy? I'm good. How are you? It'll be late where you are, isn't it? It's going to be a late time viewing for you. It's Yeah, just just, just after half past two. Half two in the morning. Oh, my Is God. That- See the dedication you, you guys and, and Liam and really? honestly, 
Hey, it's, only, us, no, it's, it's only half ten right? here. I'm, you know, it's only half ten here. I'm only pulling a slight late shift. What, what you're doing, mate, is completely off the radar. <laughs> that bends my mind, by the way. Oh. I know, especially when you so, score and you cheer and you wake up the house. I know it's, it's that suppressed. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I as if you know, JP sometimes gets tickets for away games and he'll 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 get them by hook or by crook, even if it means going into the away end. And uh, so he's done a few of these suppressed celebrations over the years as well. We're talking about the lineup. The first the first big one actually is the only change of the starting eleven, and it's. Um, Paul Bernabe, uh, Bernabe, no, Bernardo. We were talking about Bernabe earlier on. It's certainly not him. Bernardo has stepped in for Hatati. I'll start with yourself, Jerry. I think it was a bit of an understated performance by Bernardo, but then people started posting the stats um, and how well he actually did the other night. I, I thought he did really, really well, really composed, and I'm not really surprised he's been picked to replace Rio Hatati today. No, hold on two seconds. Oh, it's not working. Wait. I've got a ring light now. Oh, Does that make any yep. difference? Maybe, apple, you no? sh- maybe you should send it to the um, Shamrock Shadow over in Ireland. I know. After the stick he was getting the other day. I know. <laughs> I told him he should get his lighting fixed, but then do the whole show in a black morph suit. Yeah, I mean, keep that, keep that image. <laughs> rebel, rebel against all the comments. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Bernardo, I, I said before, Jerry, the fact we've got a couple of lone ease in and they seem to be getting a nod over guys like Odin Holm and Gustav Lagerbjelk, but the way Brendan is playing this, he's just playing his strongest team, isn't he? Yeah, I was delighted, to, not delighted, when Hitati went off, by the way, see that emotion that was felt in the ground? Mm-hmm. When you saw, like, I was quite a distance away, but you could see just by his body language how upset he was that he was crying. And that cuddle that Brendan Rodgers gave him, it, it, it seemed to kind of add to the atmosphere as well, and it was like, Did right, you just turn into wee James and give him one as well? <laughs> By the way, I'll tell you all about my day with James, right? I took him on a wee date. I'll give you a blow-by-blow account. I'll give you an account of how it went anyway. So, um, basically... I was watching Liam's wee box there. Is that a square even? Move on, move on. Right, so, anyway, it was was a tough time, right, for Hitati Gov, because he's, to quote what they were saying on another um, super scoreboard, they kept saying he was hitting his purple patch. And he really was, and it was so sad. That's why he was so emotional, because he's like so close, but yet so far again. But when Bernardo came on, I was really... You know that feeling you get that you just go, do you know what? This might just be for you today. This might be for you. I had a good feeling. and I, I, I tend to watch the players off the ball a lot when I'm at the games, because you get that chance to do that. And I, and I love how he was playing. A couple of, obviously rusty uh, bits, uh, mistakes and stuff. But I think he looks a really, really good player. Yeah. And I, like I say, such a such a shame for Hitati because, it, do you know, the time we had at the ball at times, especially there was a, there was a, a spell in the second half where I felt they were, they were sitting off us a bit and I just thought this was primed for a, one of those Hitati passes just to unlock that, that defence because they, get, they were getting a lot of time on the ball. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's we always said, I think we said a few months ago, it's going to take an injury for some of these guys like the likes of Liam Scales and the likes of Bernardo. So let's see how he copes in a domestic game, though, because, like I said, he was getting a bit more time and who knows? He, some of these players can get get that come-down effect, you know what I mean? Um, after such a... I mean, that atmosphere was electric. I mean, outstanding the other night. So hopefully he'll kick on from it and he won't, you know, kind of go on a downer after it. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it with players, though. 
Jerry in the past, you know, guys that can raise their game for the big nights. And then obviously there is that come down and, you know, people used to say, can you do it at Brockville on a Tuesday night or a wet Tuesday night? And um, I remember Neil Lennon talking about Samaras. You could always rely on him, you know, if you're playing Barcelona and then Ross County maybe didn't fancy it. So I, I totally get that. You know, there is a bit of that that step down. Talking of keeping the jersey and you use skills as a, an example there. Um, Ian, they were talking, Brendan Rogers last night, uh, talking about the fact that it's your jersey and it's your jersey to keep. And I think, it, you know, that's a good, for me, that's a good mantra to have because it's worked with skills. You don't drop them as soon as Novroki comes back in. You only drop them if it's necessary due to form. And I think that that's true to say after 10 minutes or five minutes of the game against Atletico Madrid, Bernardo comes in, equips himself really, really well, played 90 minutes of football against top-class opposition, and I thought he came through it really, you know, confidently. So he deserves his place in the team for me. Yep, I think I think you're right. Um, what's the motivation? You know, if, you, if you've got a competitive um, bench and you you got a, 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 and, and you get someone comes in and does well through injury or what, for whatever reason, and they simply get dropped as soon as the the person they replace comes back into, you know, where, where's the motivation to, to 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 put your all in, you know, and 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 think you're going to get that chance? So I agree with that that ethos. I thought the boy played really well. Um, you know, it's we, we seem to have a good success rate from getting players from Benfica. So fingers crossed, mm-hmm. Bernardo is the, the, the next one. And you know, the only way you can prove that is getting minutes on the pitch. So you know, when sort of uh, one door closes, another one opens. Unfortunately, Hatati, you know, one of the polished gems that that, that we've come to love, um, and he's coming into his own. Shame he's got that injury, but you know, it's, it's a chance for Bernardo to shine now. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of him. Yeah, that's that's what it comes down to. We haven't seen a great deal of him and some of the other new additions to the team. Liam, were you impressed with uh, Bernardo and also the other loanee, Nat Phillips, when he came on and we changed the shape at the back, didn't we? So how impressed were we with the two loanees? Yeah, I think Bernardo, you know, it's very difficult to come into a game like that, especially when you're replacing the, the guy that everyone's kind of looking to as one of the main men you know we if we were going to win that game on Tuesday night a lot of us were thinking Hatati was the guy who was going to make it happen and then you know early on he gets he gets crocked and it's a it's hot it's a horrible horrible time to get injured it's a horrible injury it's a horrible situation all around but Bernardo stepped up he went in there and did his job and I think did it well um and he's in the team today on merit because while Hatati's out the team he showed the other night he's the next best thing we've got for that position. Um, it's a bit of um, it, it's good man management from two from two sides. On one hand, I think it's really good for Bernardo because he put in a good performance the other night and he's been rewarded with a start. That's it. That, when you're a squad player, that's exactly what you want. You want to be you want the manager to show faith and say, "Look, son, you played well the other night. Go ahead and start." So that's what happened, and now. The, the other aspect to it is, I think, for particularly for Thiago Holm, I notice he's not really fe- featured much recently. And mm-hmm. I think this is just a wee reminder to him, wind your neck in, son. Stop with the, the, the Todd Cantwell acts on social media and whatever and just, you know, get your heat done in the training ground. And I think that will serve him well in the fullness of time as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'd agree with that because I, I think he was quite impressive, Liam. Um, but there was always that other conversation we were having about Odin home, a wee bit of a lack of discipline and on and off the park. I mean, people might think that you're reading too much into the social media output, but it's part and parcel with the game now. 
you know, it's uh, it is you know, it can still give you a misdemeanour as a footballer. It can annoy your club. It can annoy your manager. And, uh, you know, we've gone on about Chris Julien and Yakimakis' use of the social media platforms. And, of course, Odin Holm uh, was being discussed around that as well. But you're right. I mean, he has dropped out of the picture at the moment. Um, I'm being asked here by Paddy Burns, what is the team? So for anyone who hasn't heard, it's Joe Hart and Goals with Alistair Johnson at right back and Greg Taylor at left back. The central defensive partnership of Carter Vickers and Scales with the trio in the midfield of McGregor, Bernardo and O'Reilly. And then up top, Palma, Maeda and Kyogo. On the bench, Bean, Phillips, Yang, Turnbull, O, Iwata, Forrest, Ralston and Mikey Johnson. We've got two Johnsons in the team. Um, Paddy Burns goes on to ask, why is the game not on Sky? It's basically, it's a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. So you've got that arrangement, the blackout, the TV blackout, as they call it. Now, when you read through that team line, though, Stephen Sloan picks up on this. Um, there's no home in the squad, no Lagerbielk, uh, Novrosky, Biotati injured, Welsh, Kobayashi, Abada injured, Tilio, Kwon, Alexandro, Bernabe, McCarthy and Segrist. Now, how many players is that? Well, a very quick count here. Two, four, One, six, two, eight, ten, twelve. A whole team not in the squad. Jerry, listen, we, we've spoken about this. There's a wider issue here, isn't there? Because... You need the squad. You need the depth of the squad if you want to compete in four tournaments as we do year in, year out. But what then happens is you get the crux of your 17, I think, is what Brendan Rodgers likes to have, 17 kind of core group of players. And then you end up, like Stephen says there, with a whole host of players kicking their heels and not on the bench. They can't play for the B team, you know. What do you do with them? There's a situation at the moment, and it's not made by Celtic. It's not being created by Celtic. But you're going to have these guys stagnating. Um, some of the guys we've not seen at all this season. And it's uh, for me, it's an issue. It's very difficult to manage. It's difficult not only to keep them fit, but to keep them sharp upstairs so that when you throw them in, they're ready for the challenge as well, Jerry. Yeah. Can they not just send them to St Rocks every second week and we'll play them? <laughs> we could. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure, right, if... Uh, the, the old boys would do as well as this team. I mean, listen, let's be honest, right? You look at that and we can be quite disparaging sometimes to some of the fringe players. Put that team together and it would compete in Scottish football. <laughs> I, I, see, I think what Brendan was doing when he came in and obviously uh, Ange had done a lot of the kind of groundwork early on with the signings coming in. And Brendan being who he is, I think he's just went, well, look, I'm not going to step in the way of that. Let them come in, I'll assess them. I think he's assessed a few of them now and realises that he needs to bring his own in. So, with the likes of your your Quans and your your Tilios, even your your Holmes, I don't know about Holmes if it's a discipline thing or because he has looked a, a real player at times. So, I just don't know if he's still a bit wet behind the ears and he's going to go out on alone on January. But it's a lot. Of, what is it we changed it to? Remember, we didn't say Deadwood. A lot of driftwood. There's a lot of trends. It's a wee bit better, eh? We yeah, yeah. Start talking about players as if they're commodity. And uh, you know, take take Burnaby, for example, just one player from that list that Stevens uh, put up on the screen there. Burnaby's a he's a young guy. He's come over from Argentina, you know, famously the first Argentinian to play for Celtic. He's had a few personal issues. And it's like as football fans, you just think, right, drop him, or where is he, or this or that. But at the end of the day, he might be, you know, deeply unhappy with the situation at this moment in time. There might be a few of the guys dealing with personal issues, and we don't tend to consider that, Ian. You know, Burnaby, 
it would be great management if, for example, Brennan Rogers says to somebody like that, listen, you're having a hard time, you're not on my plans now, I'll wait home for a month or two, because he's not been seen. Nobody really knows what the situation is with the player, but I'm pretty confident in, in Rogers that, you know, there was an old school mentality before Ian, whereby players were banished to the third team or training with the kids and all that stuff. I'm not quite sure Brendan works like that. It's, it's look, you, you hit a point before, it's, it's, it's true. Um, they're, they're, they're not commodities, they're human beings. Quite often you see when, when clubs have signed players over the years from, from distant shows, they've signed somebody else as well, like their brother yeah. or their mate, you know. Mm-hmm. So they've had someone else to, to have. So you've got the talented one, so to speak, and you have maybe so the less so one who plays in the reserves or, or whatever, you know. But so I don't know what I don't know what sort of infrastructure is around about Burnaby backstage. But he's a young kid, you know, and he looks like he's 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 uh, he looks like he's got a lot of energy. He looks like he's got a, a lot of uh, attitude, you know. Um, he looks like he's got something about him. Um, where's his heart on his sleeve? And I think, um, yeah, who knows what's 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 happening behind the scenes? But I I do think there's a player there. Um, for, for whatever reason, it's going to be it's what it's what the thing is as a club a club of Celtic. How many chances do you get if it was maybe sort of a lesser, a lesser club in terms of expectation? Maybe get more chance to bed in and get games under his belt, make some mistakes, you know, and and become the true and true self, you know, his true self, his true the true player he could be. But itself, you don't get that chance because of the competition of places that we've just spoken about. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, that's my two cents. I think with Burnaby, it is um, you know a habit. It's habitual within football fans where we can write a player off. But I, and I'm I've done it. I've done it with Burnaby, Seagrest, and Kobayashi from that list. James McCarthy has not featured for a long, long time. I'm, I'm going to say, is it February, Liam? I'm not quite sure. Was it February last time he made he made an appearance for Celtic? That's a long time without football. And and for someone who is at a stage where he wasn't playing much games in the last five years, anyway. Um, you, you look at that and you think, right, there's two. It's twofold. You've got to use the loan market well, and I think we have done. Um, but some of the guys in that list, you're actually putting them out on loan because it's with a view to you know creating a, a pathway out of the club rather than the Liam Scales kind of model or Chris Iyer or Ryan Christie where they come back and they're a better player for their loan deal. So there's a few players in that list who will be leaving, um, and I, I still think there's a few in there who are pretty raw and untested. Tellio, we've not seen anything from him. Your man at Celtic down under Liam reckons he's a he's a top player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all all, all of the uh, the boys that are based down in Australia that have seen Tilio, you know, it's, it's not just. I mean, Jared is his biggest cheerleader, but everybody on the on the pod rates Tilio very highly. And you know, from what I've seen of him on the internet, whatever, yes, he looks clearly looks like a player. Any player coming into Scotland is going to need a period of adjustment, and his period has been elongated by the fact that he came, he came here injured. I mean, the the, the the annoying thing is, right, the J-League, the two J-League games we played in the, in summer would have been the perfect games to get him into the Celtic team because it's a similar level to the Australian League. It's played at a similar pace. Um, you know, he's, he's not going to have to worry about some hammer thrower booting him six feet up in the air like he will when he plays in Scotland. You know, it would have been the perfect scenario to bring him in. But unfortunately, injury meant we couldn't do that. Um, and, yeah, I think he's the one that, you know, give it time. I mean, Quan's another one. We've not seen him at all, apart from, what, about 45 minutes in a friendly and a couple mm-hmm. of sub-appearances. 
you know, you can't judge guys when they've not played any games. Um, you really can't. And I think that it's um, it's just an unfortunate sign of modern football that we we need, like you say, we need to have this big squad because professional teams that have aspirations to fight on on the the dual fronts of Europe and domestic want to be you know, but twenty-five man squads. That's what we have now. But unfortunately, yeah. because we don't have any facility to play a reserve team like most civilized leagues do, um, we've got twelve to fifteen guys every week who are sitting there kicking their heels with nothing to do. So See the thing, Liam, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, talking about the reserve league and, and I had a right good chat. I, I went to Hamden last night. Hamden under the lights, Friday night football, Queen's Park against Partick Thistle, two each. Um, why was I there? Well, Friday night football. Got to, got to taste it. Got to taste the atmosphere, Jerry. And um, I was talking well, to. Did taste the pies? They're minging at Hamden. Are they? Oh. Listen, listen. I'm off Stinking. the pies, right? I'm off the pies. Uh, macaroni pies, maybe. So I was talking to a lot of people who knew a hell of a lot more about football than me. What I mean by that is, you know, you, you sit and watch a game, and they can tell you things about tactics and shape and movement and all this kind of stuff that really opens your eyes to the, the tactical side of the game. And I love doing that. I'm a sponge to that kind of thing. And uh, some of the ex-pros that I was talking to were talking about the reserve football. And they, and they basically said, we went right back to it, they said, even if there's four or five teams in Scotland who are prepared to do it, get it set up. Because I know that a lot of the other teams weren't, you know, they weren't going to ring fence. It was a five-figure sum. They weren't, going, they weren't prepared to run a reserve team because it was costing them money. Unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, even if once every season or two, that reserve team was able to give a young player enough game time and experience to allow them to develop and progress to the first team, it would be worthwhile, right? Look at that that list of players that Stephen Sloan has listed there. They're not playing football, Jerry. They might be training every day. It's completely different. You need that intensity. Even if there was four or five teams, would it work? Play a round robin? At least they're playing some kind of competitive football. Definitely. Here's what we should do, right? So, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> if there's any businessmen out there, right? Why don't we start it up? So let's spearhead it. Let's get something going. You get enough sponsors, right? Get a league started. Get a reserve league. Get every club to chip in. Every supporter of the club to chip in or businesses around the clubs and do it. I don't know the ins and outs logistically, but for five or six teams, like they say, if it's just that, then so be it. But I think there'll be many more than that. Many more. I always remember, I used to love it. I mean, you'd always like, you'd be able to tell if you've got future players coming forward and how good they were, all that kind of stuff, all the rumours. Not that I'd go to the games, but you'd always hear people talking about it. I just think it's, people have just, as if they don't care, as if it's just like it's, it's all right, we're, we're doing enough with the with the, the first team, there's no point, but we're just losing so many of these, not giving the, the young talent a chance, and like you say, all these other guys are just stagnating. I'm going to yeah. ask, right, I'm going to ask Jerry because we know how it works in Scotland, obviously we've got an international base here, uh, contributors from New Zealand and Japan, right? What was a big part of it, right? And I know we're kind of digressing a wee bit here from the actual team news, we'll get back to that. Was it there a part of that, Ian, whereby they thought the academy was going to be um, a, a fix for everything. You were going to produce enough footballers from your academy that you know they were just going to walk into the first team, and that has proved to be very difficult. Was that a big part of it? Was all the investment went into the academies rather than having that bridge between youth football and first team football? 
I think so. I think I remember listening to. I think it was one of your podcasts with John Colhoun a while back. Yeah, John, and, and yeah. it was really, really, really good. I mean, I love, I love to hear John, John talk about football. You know, and the fact that he's not, and people like Brian McLear are not involved at that sort of grassroots level at Scottish football is a, is a travesty because they've got a lot to to, to offer and, and a lot of intelligence and, and experience. Obviously, um, I think, um, yeah, it's. It, you used to have it when we were younger, didn't we? We had the, you had the reserve league, right? And you had there's a couple of guys I know that played. Like one played for Sunderland. Uh, he went, I went to school with a boy played for Sunderland. I remember, used to talk to him. And he used to, he played with, played against players like Gary Parker in the reserve league, mm-hmm. and they were kids coming through, and there was there was there was big expectations of him at Sunderland. And he was saying it was invaluable to play against these these players that played. You know, I think he was at Villa at the time or somewhere. But he was he was obviously coming back from an injury. Gary Parker, another guy played for. Um, his university, it's a different level, of course, but he played his, his university when it was uh, Euro 96. He's playing, and the, the Romanian team was, was based in Newcastle. So they played against the Romanian team and he was marking Haji. You know, now he wasn't the a professional real, The real Haji, Ian. The, the real, real Haji. <laughs> the real Haji. And he said it was just like chasing shadows. But the, the fact remains that you've got, for the younger players that are developing, they're playing against old pros. So they're learning, they're learning how to play against men. They're learning... It's a thing you can't replicate in the, in, in the academy system. You you can't get this a conveyor belt and and, and replicate real life. And that was the thing that John Colhoun was saying. It's it's receiving the ball under pressure. All all the all the things that come part and parcel with, with playing football under pressure. That's the closest thing you can replicate to playing the first team in that in that pressure. So um, you can can have the best coaches in the world. You can have, but you can't create that environment where it, where, mm-hmm. where people need to to be able to perform under pressure. Um, so I I concur, Jerry. Let's do it. Let's get a, let's some petition going and get a lot of people with deep pockets and get something going. They did it with Sky, didn't they? Let's get let's, let's become like Rupert Murdoch esque. Um, Definitely. Do you know another thing? Sorry for cutting in. Like, do you know what I remember when I was a kid? Do you remember Celtic reserve goalkeeper? It's Alan Morrison. He was from Presswick. And I'm talking years back when I was at school. And I remember everyone's like, Alan's playing with the reserves. So I remember everyone playing their heart out any time there was a school game in case there were scouts because there was always that chance that you yeah. think you could get into one of these clubs because of the reserves. And I don't know if yeah. that's kind of died off because I'm not a kid anymore, so I don't know how they feel. But I always remember that buzz. Is that we could maybe get into the reserve team or the under-19s then at the reserves. All that kind of stuff. But aye, something, something needs, needs to, to be done. Can, to I, can I play devil's advocate and throw a spanner on the works here with that argument as well, though? Sure. When it comes to the national team and the young the young players coming through, there's never been a stronger young team coming through in the national team than there is right now, I don't think, in my lifetime. So I don't think it's affecting like a Scottish players not having that because we seem to be developing really well. Or am I just getting ahead of myself? I also think Celtic are developing players, Jerry. Uh, but the, the pathway isn't at our club and they end up leaving and going elsewhere. And that, that's a big, <laughs> right. big issue. Yeah. Uh, and, and let's hope that Vata's not the next in a long line of young guys that, that do leave um, Grant Cole, yeah you're right international axom, that's what how we like to um, you know that's how we like to try and get a, a, a full variety of opinions and views from the Celtic fan base, uh, Plunge McNugget here we go, Brendan hasn't won there as a manager, hope the players are not tired it's going to be a hard game, it will be hard um, and I think Brendan will approach it uh, with that in mind, he's no one there, so it won't be like a hex, it won't be like a heart on a bed, it'll be, no, let's uh, put this right. And then we've got Joe Hamilton. Um, 
this is a this is an important one from Joe. You're sitting in an Austrian hospital waiting room, hoping that your pal is okay. Fell as we were working on his roof. So in the meantime, I am watching my favourite show. Well, all the very best, Joe, to your mate. Hopefully, everyone the best, mate. Um, right. was posting well soon, on. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Barry O'Sullivan, do we know how long Rio is out for? I don't think so. From what I was hearing, it was just um, you know at the moment it, it wasn't diagnosed in terms of the the length of time he was going to be out. Let's hope it's not to the end of the year, Barry. Uh, but you know, as we've said before, one door closes, another door of opportunity opens, and uh, Double Denim comes in. Afternoon, guys. Looking forward to the match today. Enjoying the consistency of our lineup. And keen to see Bernardo build on his good midweek performance. O'Reilly and Hugo on the score sheet again today. I hope so. Um, you remember first time round, Liam, uh, a young guy called Kundai Benyu got a run for a few weeks. <laughs> you remember him? Yes. Kundai Benyu. Where is he now? Um, I think the quality of bringing in a Benfica kind of under-21 internationalist is a slightly different proposition. And he is deserving of that jersey. Um, and when you're looking at the, the lineup, and obviously the dust is settled on Wednesday night, Liam, what I noticed about it, and maybe I was guilty of it myself, Greg Taylor got a wee bit of stick, didn't he? Because he gave away the penalty and uh, he failed to you know, block out the pass for the, uh, the equalising goal, the second goal. Great finish it was as well. Um, but the more I see that second goal, that pass from Taylor through to Maida was absolutely sublime, wasn't it? Do you mm. think he gets too much of a hard time at, you know, from the fan base, Liam? Yeah, he does. He does. Because the thing is, you when your team don't win a game, and this is not just Celtic, this is football in general, right? When your team don't win a game, the psychology of it is you can't just... It's not just we get we get beat or we get out or we get outclassed. It's always got to be somebody made a mistake or it's somebody's fault. And unfortunately, defenders and goalkeepers are the ones that tend to come in for that bit of stick. And in this case, it's Greg Taylor who because you're able to pinpoint a single mistake that he made amidst what I thought otherwise was a very good performance from him. Um, and that's the thing people don't remember the past for Maeda. They remember giving away the penalty um, you know it's the same thing as I say about goalkeepers all the time a keeper could make you know eight or nine world class saves but if he has a clanger in the last minute that's the only thing everybody talks about for the next week yeah so yeah. it's just no, one of those right. I, I think it's really unfair I think the whole team were excellent the other night remember everybody who was being realistic expected us to get absolutely gubbed on Tuesday and we didn't so I, I really and, think and by the way you were disappointed with the 2-2 two -two. I know I know, even though I predicted it. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> the sweepstake, absolutely. And I think Kevin McCluskey did as well, but then he changed his mind after uh, speaking to me because I was being mm. so <laughs> Brown Warrior, you raise a point there. Who does Vata get a game of? You're right, he doesn't. He doesn't get a game ahead of anybody right now. And I think that, yeah. you know, going back to the, um, the argument or the discussion around reserve football, if you've got a situation where him and Mikey Johnson are vying for a place on the bench, they're proving themselves... At the moment, they're proving themselves at Lennox Town at training. Um, but I think it would be different if they were doing it in games, you know. So, yeah, you're right. It doesn't at this moment in time. But I do think we, we need a different platform where that they can actually showcase their talents and, and, and push their way into the first team. And whether or not it happens, who knows? We will continue to discuss it. All the expos I speak to certainly think it should. Um, quick predictions. I'll run round the room, starting with yourself. Jerry, um, are we going to get the monkey off Brendan's back today? Yes, we're going to win 5 nothing. 
Oh my I'm word. going five nothing. Oh. I know it's bold. And by the way, I had a pee next to Mark Bur- Mark Burchill the other day. <laughs> We'll come back to that maybe at half time. That sounds like an interesting <laughs> story. Five nothing says Jerry. Ian, you got a prediction at the back of two in New Zealand. Yeah, I've got a positive one and a, I'm not so positive one. Two 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 results keep swirling around my head. Three I've got three one in my head to Celtic. Um and I hope this one doesn't happen, but or a one one. Um so hopefully it's the former. It's the three one. I'm gonna I'm gonna to stick to that former result, Ian. I'm gonna say three one. Uh, memories of Celtic playing in yellow away jerseys at Easter Road. Three one victory. Yes, Liam. What about yourself? I think Brendan Rodgers is going to take that monkey off his back. He's going to absolutely scalp it to the point that the RSPCA have to be called. I'm going six nil. <laughs> six. I love that. Brilliant. Are you going for six. I don't feel as risky now, right? That's all right. Yeah, and and we'll come back to that, your final story at halftime. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the chat, as always. It's always a pleasure. We'll see you at halftime. Thank you to Jerry, Ian and Liam for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network.